right, welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller, North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Dave Forsyth. And I'm Todd Lucas. We are the illustrious hosts of the Edge of Tomorrow Minute, which is a future cast or a podcast in the future, where we will discuss the movie Edge of Tomorrow, one minute of screen time per episode. Uh, go to the Facebooks and search out Edge of Tomorrow Minute and, um, you know, give it a, a like or a friend or a follow or a subscription or a sign up or. Yeah, how does Facebook work now? I, I, I too old for that. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I'm sure that I'll have some fun and interesting things to say or at least get some fun or interesting people to come on the podcast and talk about edge of tomorrow one moment at a time and uh well i'll be there i'm fun and interesting right yeah okay yes yeah all right well you better have a good plan then (laughs) Uh, yes fantastic so anyway north (laughs) by northwest minute 67 minute 67 opens on a very sensual close-up of hands on luggage and ends with a cool-looking bus driving away from what we can only assume is the Highway 41 Prairie Stop. Yeah, we see a close-up of Thornhill's hand on Eve's uh, atop her luggage as he's sort of handing it over, but giving the, hey, wait. And he's clearly growing a little desperate here for her not to leave, uh, even though she's she's giving all of the signs that she wants to part ways at this point. And he, he says, wait a minute, please. And Please. practically pleading with her i don't know i mean it's he's not a good look carrie not a good look. yeah is he just not reading the signals or well he doesn't read signals that's not his job in life he's yeah, an advertising right. executive right does do you think she's trying to leave because she's because she fears getting caught by the police or whoever well she has a lot of uh of uh concerns in this matter some of them are of uh, you know a little more urgency than others, but yeah, uh, the longer they stand there, the you know yeah the, the police catching her gets worse and worse. Yeah, but at this point we we cut back to to a shot of Eve over Thornhill's shoulder, and we see her eyes kind of darting around, and she's looking for a solution, and she locks on something, and and as soon as her eyes lock on that, we we cut to her POV um, to look at the escalator and the entrance and. Those are behind Thornhill, so he can't really see what's going on. And her voice gets sort of an urgent, whispery tone, right? Like that sort of tone that you make when you know you can't be heard, but you're trying to convey some secrecy. <laughs> yeah, that that shouting whisper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of. Um, and she says, they're coming. They're coming. When we can clearly see that no one is coming. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I was like, I've, I've looked at this. I've zoomed in on it. And yeah. I I. I what is she saying? And, and I guess I just wasn't thinking, oh, she's not saying anything. It's just, you know, just. Yeah. If, uh, if anyone's coming, it's a, a gaggle of children, you know, there's no well, one coming. We know he has problems with those anyway. So yeah, right. Well, he did a good dodge of them, but I imagine Cary Grant has been dodging children his whole life. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that was bad. That sounded All weird. Right. I didn't mean it like that. It, I meant it the other bad way, not the, anyway. The good bad way, uh, not the bad bad yeah, way. The, yeah, right. Exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, she's, she's clearly 
pulling a, a more, uh, I don't want to say desperate ruse, but she's like, get out of here. <laughs> right. Like, this is, this is her moment, her, her moment to, to really truly get rid of Thornhill at this point. I think this is the moment when the uh, shaving in the mirror scene really pays off because during the shaving in the mirror scene, he was constantly checking out what the police were doing behind him. Right. Right. You know, he looks once, then he looks away. And then when they cross around behind him, that he checks again and then he looks one more time. And then even as the one last policeman was leaving, he looks at that guy but here she says, oh, they're coming. And he, you could tell he wants to turn and look, but then he doesn't. And he gives her another look, you know, direct gaze into her eyes and then bolts. Pulls the the most wounded of puppy looks out yeah. at, at that minute. You know, he's, you're not sure if he's sad that he's now being forced to, to leave her or if maybe he's finally caught on her rather strong signals, right? I think it all just comes crashing in, you yeah. know, because yeah. he, he's got this building tension and he's like, well, I don't want to leave her. Something right. in me is not wanting to go. And I just got it. She's been telling me to leave this whole time. She's been telling me to back the hell off this whole time. And I'm just, not, oh God, police are coming. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does, he holds her gaze for, for a long second. And there's a, a brief flash of realization as, as he, he turns his, his face and his body away from her and sort of hurries out of frame. And then we cut back to that same shot that would have been over Thornhill's shoulder to Eve, but he's not there anymore. So we, we get this full shot of her and her lips sort of open as if she's going to say something or shout after him. And her body makes that sort of half, it's not even a half step forward. It's sort of like a lean, half lean yeah. into that first half step, right? As if she wants to yell after him or, or pursue him, but the the psychic inertia of the whole thing is is too much, and she just settles well, back into her spot. As we've been discussing, she's you know she's too smart. She's yeah. too smart. I mean, you know, she you know as emotional as any other character in the movie. It's just that she's under control. It doesn't right. mean that she's not feeling the urge to to do what she wants to do, but she you know she takes everything under control because she has a much larger game afoot. Right. And we sort of see, she has that, that brief flash of, of emotion of almost seeing something, almost taking a step. And then she settles back in and her expression fades back to sort of a blank, emotionless stare. She gets a little bit of a head tilt to show you she's thinking about something, but she doesn't, she seems as if, you know, he's more than 10 feet away. Now she's, free from from the entanglements maybe her it's her professional mind is is you know making odds you know the 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 detached portion of her is trying to decide you know well is he gonna make it you know maybe he's got like you know 20 percent chance Uh, (laughs) yeah well the um this point we start to get a a slow crossfade right so we see her staring into the distance and then we get a the, a fade to um, an exterior shot. And as the dissolve ends, we see we're in a high crane shot looking over an intersection of a, a very long, like as far as you can see into the distance, straight, very straight, like bone it's, straight, two lane highway. Very good shot. The crane is up. I, I'd i say it's got to be at least 40 feet in the air, right? Yeah. 
yeah, the horizon. I mean, just ruler straight here. Yeah. It's almost terrifying. It feels like, <laughs> you know, from up here, you could almost fall off the edge of the earth. That's yeah. just how flat this place is. Now, I, I've lived in the Midwest all my life and nothing near my home looks like this. Oh, this is you, scary. You need to spend more time in central Illinois or Indiana because it is very flat and very straight like this because <laughs> the, the, um, I mean, there, there are the portions where you lived where we're nearer to a river cut through the, the, the uh, bedrock, you know, so you had hills and things. Yeah, but, we had all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, on the other side of the river was, you know, we called it swampland because, uh, you know, an earthquake had moved that river and kind of flattened <laughs> everything. But then on the other side of that swamp were bluffs, you know, it was, it could be two, 300 foot sheer cut rock on that side so yeah. unless i was actually traveling up to see you i never saw the high flat plains of of illinois they go on forever and they are this flat and this straight i remember taking a uh, a motorcycle trip through illinois down towards um st louis and there was a you know we were taking some of the back roads because expressways on a motorcycle are not really that much fun but then we realized that we had been on the same stretch for 30 miles with no elevation change, no curve to the road and only two <laughs> intersections. And you're like, Oh boy, where's that interstate? So, yeah. You could have gotten so much further <laughs> yeah, and seen exactly. the same stuff. Exactly the same, but, but you're right. This, this, the horizon is, is ruler straight. The road is ruler straight, although set at sort of a, an angle, you know, coming from the upper left of the screen to the lower right. And it has one, intersection with a dirt road that is at a perfect 90 degree angle mm. and there's a a row of fence posts although it doesn't look like there's any actual fencing material between them no just the posts yeah just a nice straight line of posts some nice straight lines of of plowed dirt although there's no crops growing so it's clearly like the fall right right you have sort of scraggly prairie um, and brown, just everything's brown. Some of it looks like it's been burnt off already. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And it's something that kills me on this long shot, though, is that if you follow the fence posts back, you about halfway up you the road, you see like telephone poles start. Right. Yeah. Well, they just stop right there. Where is that line going? Well, you see them they can cross to the other side of the road, and then just yeah, just die. So there must be, I don't know, like a transformer there waiting for <laughs> the next. Did- row of hookups uh, who did knows? they have underground lines at that point you're, you're talking to the wrong city planner uh, <laughs> city you're talking to the one wrong, of those the wrong uh, rural electrification planner ah there we go yeah gotcha <laughs> i'll find a different one then <laughs> yeah um but i can verify that uh there are portions of of highway 41 in indiana that are this remote and straight. So the section near my house of, of highway 41 was essentially strip malls and mini malls and, and mall malls. Would I have recognized any of those? Uh, I mean, they look like malls. So. I know, but did, did we oh, ever I go there? Maybe there was a, a comic shop along there called 10th planet that I liked. Uh, I don't think you ever got me there. Yeah. So. It, we didn't go very often. Thankfully kind of I've never been in this place that we're seeing right now. The time difference between this occurring and, and my being there was 30 years. So that I'm sure that this could have been the exact same spot where the mall <laughs> is now. But That'd be terrifying. Yeah. So, yeah, considering what's coming, right? So, um, but yeah, I think it's kind of effective because the, the camera holds this 
spot the entire time and we see something coming at at us from coming from it, it's you know if this is to be believed that this is the highway 41 that this is uh, a bus coming from the north so it's coming towards us coming south coming sort of left to right across the the top to the bottom of the screen that sentence didn't make any sense but you know what i mean from the upper yes. left to the lower right and uh you can't even really tell what it is until it gets about halfway through the screen and then you're like is that a bus is that a semi oh no that's a bus and it stops at the intersection of the two-lane highway and the dirt road and you, there's clearly a little sign there and it stops long enough for the door to open and one person to get out then you hear the bus rev up and, and drive off again and that's like that there's no music there's no you don't hear any birds or anything it's just just the engine as in the the air brakes and the door opening and that's that's all yeah. you get and then it's very faint you believe maybe it's you know actually live audio captured yeah. from the position that the camera's at entirely possible yeah i hadn't really thought about that but yeah it 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 feels it feels remote yes yeah and you're you're you feel the distance of it from anything i because there is such a thing called the internet movie cars database I know what kind of bus this is too. I'm so glad because <laughs> that is the funkiest looking bus I've ever seen. I love it. I do too. I would totally ride this bus if given the opportunity. It's a 1954 GM PD 4501, also known as the Greyhound Cena Cruiser. And it does look like a place where you could you'd climb in. So it looks kind of like a regular bus with a little bubble bump out put on top with lots of windows in this this upper area but it's not a double decker bus right no it just steps up over the cargo area right right so it looks like the you know imagine being in like your grandma's sunken living room house where the sunken part is the driver's section and the upstairs part is where you sit okay why why is that my grandma's i don't know not your grandma's like your your grandma's that's not your grandma's sunken living room all right well whatever <laughs> find the person who lived in, had a sunken living room and turn it into a bus and here we are but uh yeah the, the raised up section has has a so it, it sits over the cab part of the bus and it's got a big window in the front so if you were in the front two or three rows of the of the bus area you'd have a really nice view out the window and there's big windows on the side and there look like there are sunroofs or you know at least panoramic glass roof panels yeah um, in it so it, it looks like it would be a nice place to view some scenery from maybe not this particular scenery no well being able to look up might help break it a little bit because you know an endless white sky is probably better than endless brown dirt yeah that's true and uh you know maybe it helps with the motion sickness from the the bus going i don't know who knows but but yeah, it looks like a pretty cool, looks like a pretty cool ride. I'd ride around in that. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, mean, I want one for my own. I'll make it into an RV. Yeah. It, it certainly looks like it'd be fun to, to cruise around in it. It's, it's very much, um, space age is not the word, but maybe mid-century kind of looking. Retro-futuristic. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's, it's a future bus from 1954. So. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, but uh, so it's it's a 
it's a pretty cool bus if I can say that. But yeah, as as soon as the bus lets off who we think is Thornhill, it proceeds down the road, and you're you're cheering for it. You're like, "Come on, you can get there. You can get there." And it almost makes it off screen by the end of the minute. Right. Yeah. So that's you know basically forty two minutes worth or seconds worth of our minute is just watching this bus make its way almost through the frame. Yeah, super effective in the movie. Not so effective for a podcast. No, well, no. not so effective for a podcast where we have to talk about this specific minute of bus travel. So, yeah, because I, I can't think of hardly anything else. I mean, there's something in the upper. Uh, left-hand corner near the horizon. Yeah, looks like it's some probably just or... it's probably just trees, you know, because they mm. put leave trees behind between property lines and rural areas. But it might be a building, and I want to speculate about what it might be. But good gravy, how boring would that be? That is the rural electrification project's headquarters. Gotcha. Just they just haven't made it very far yet. No, <laughs> yet they're still there today. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh yeah, I just, you know, rest assured, Highway 41 in Indiana, it's a real place. It more than likely is shot on location. They they're probably not messing with us at all. The, yeah. They probably it, scouted that out and then that's why they used it. You know, they drove around until they found the most desolate crossroads they could find. Possible. I mean, yes, right. I mean, it, it it's definitely amped up uh in terms of desolation have you noticed how bright that bus stop sign is it's so bright like they they the like the production just planted it there for the shoot (laughs) yeah no i i believe that to be true because well i mean we'll talk about this in uh i think the next minute but like what makes me think this may not be really on site or anyway the signage is wrong but we'll, we'll talk about that in uh in a future minute but um yeah it's definitely definitely put there just for production and I, I think I think maybe the the color timing of this was was amped up a little bit to enhance the brown a little bit and because you can kind of see it on the horizon like this the blue sky has like a bit of a a, a beige tinge to it but I yeah think, which I would I would call smog these days when if sure. you can actually see that that's that's smog in the distance but uh, you know and this year no not happening it could have just been a dust storm maybe <laughs> well that's true it could have yeah. happened. But I, I think it might be have been done intentionally to to pick up the the bright white of the top of the bus and the and the um, the bus stop marker. That seems likely. Just to make it stand out a little. Yeah, like this is our focal point. This is where the the action is going to happen. So yeah, everybody, look here. Yeah, look really hard. Something important could happen any second. And I'm going to put it right in the middle of the screen. Yeah, it's not quite golden ratio, is it? It, no. it should have been a little closer to us. Well, I, I think the 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 route of the bus traverses through two the, two of the main focal points, right? Well, yeah, it does, but it stops, yeah, uh, way too close to center. Yeah, right. Luckily, it's not dead center because I would have suspected that Hitchcock had been asleep that day, <laughs> or maybe his DP had. But yeah. All right. Well, um, anything else for for bus route minute? No, other than I'm gonna miss you, bus. Uh, do we 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 probably get a a second or two of him next minute, right? Yeah, I'll I'll you know we'll find out, but it's probably not going to be enough, right? I, no spoilers, right? Yeah, good old Cena Cruiser. Well, 
I suppose, since we don't have anything else to talk about with the buses, um, we'll just say that you can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on both Apple Podcasts and Google Play, or at this other main site, you know, the other one, the other main site, HitchcockMinute.com. You can connect with us and all of the other Minute hosts on social media at The Man on Washington's Nose on Facebook. And that's a long title for a group. And if you watch the movie all the way to the end, you'll you'll get it. But, you know, here at minute 67, it that doesn't make any sense. But no. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Hitchcock Minute. But if you join us tomorrow, we'll talk about minute 68 here on Hitchcock Minute. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill. Wherever you are.